0: Hello and welcome to the Nashville Sounding Board, the podcast dedicated to discussing social and political issues in the Nashville community. I'm your host, Benjamin Eagles. On this episode, I'm joined by council members Angie Henderson and Jeremy Elrod to discuss the status of e-scooters in Nashville, most notably bird scooters. Bird, Ovo, and Lime are some of the many dockless scooters and bike companies spreading to cities across the country. Uber and Lyft are also getting involved, with Lyft recently purchasing the company behind City Bike. Bird arrived in Nashville in May and soon had several hundred rentable scooters in operation. Bird also recently began operations in Memphis. Soon after Bird launched in Nashville, two riders were struck in a hit-and-run accident while riding in a downtown crosswalk. The mayor's office sent Byrd a cease and desist letter. Byrd did not immediately comply and Metro responded by impounding some 411 scooters. Councilman Elrod has introduced legislation to regulate the space, but also allow for Byrd and the other companies to operate within the city. Notably, his legislation involves permits, data sharing, moderating the speed of companies' rollouts and equitable access in underserved neighborhoods. Our discussion was wide ranging and we even discussed the regulation of Airbnb, which, if you remember, was the first podcast on Nashville Sounding Board. I hope you enjoy the discussion, and if you haven't already, please leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or your app of choice. So, council members, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on and talking about Bird Scooters.
1: Thanks for having us.
0: Thanks for having us. Sounds like kind of a silly topic, but it's gained, as everyone knows, a lot of attention, and people have strong opinions about it. First, what are your primary concerns with the scooters? Is it the safety of, of riders, or is it more the safety of drivers and walkers and kind of the blocking sidewalk component?
1: From a concern standpoint, I just see, I would say that I have uh, more an interest in it and just seeing how it reflects some of our larger challenges uh, from a policy perspective, from working uh, with uh, tech companies that perceive themselves to be disruptors. Uh, I see some parallels with the conversations with Airbnb, uh, Uber and Lyft early on. And so, uh, you know, I have not been as closely involved um, in it as uh, Chair Elrod has. And so, uh, you know, I I find it interesting because I think it speaks to some of our challenges from an infrastructure standpoint, our lack of bike lanes, um, the challenges with our sidewalks. So I've been following it uh, closely, but as an interested observer more so than as a policymaker.
2: Um, to me, it is first safety, that's safety of the riders, safety, safety of people that are in cars, um, people on the sidewalks. Um, but then, you know, since I've been on the council, I've been worried as a city, just our use of the right of way by other entities besides the general public, whether that's, you know, a development that's closing down a sidewalk or a, or a bike lane or a street lane um, or even campaign signs on the right of way. The right of way belongs to the public, not any individual company. And the way Bird came to Nashville, um, there were, for a lot of reasons, there were a lot of scooters that were being left in the sidewalk. Now that was, you know, somewhat of how the company came to Nashville. Some of that was on the user, and some of that is just culturally as a city. You know, it's something brand new that we're having to to you know get a handle on. I think a lot of cities have been trying to figure out how to tackle some of these disruptor startups that want to come to a city with their company, with their product and come to and say, Hey, okay, this is who I am. You've got to deal with me instead of, Hey, how can we partner with you? And that was one of the frustrations I had with bird. Um, but also, you know, as they come to Nashville, you know, the transit, Vote failed earlier or now last month. Um, and you know, whether it would have failed or passed, you know, I would hope that companies like Bird, Lime, or others would come to Nashville because we have to have multiple transportation options, whether it's you know, cars, walking, biking, scooters, um, transit, all those kind of things. But now, particularly since it's failed, we need to encourage any type of you know, innovative transportation options. Um, so that's why I'm interested in it and just want to make sure that we do it in the right way in Nashville that we encourage it, but we also incorporate it you know in the right way into how nashville wants to do it
0: and so the it seems to me that the speed and scale with which the city government responded to bird was kind of unprecedented i mean they impounded 411 bird scooters in the span of just a couple of days before cma fest two questions on that were there any city employees paid overtime for that work and then secondary question Why can't government respond that quickly to other, dare I say, more important issues?
1: Well, I can answer to a part of that. I can't answer to some particular things that perhaps Jeremy can. But I do think um, it was it was kind of the irony, right, of seeing the very uh, swift uh, response. Um, I think because, you know, frankly, they're tangible, you know, they're easy to kind of uh, pick up and, and deal with. Um, but so often Jeremy and I both are engaged with the community around their concerns about uh, people parked in bike lanes, um, people blocking the sidewalk. And um, we continue um, to, to push, uh, our, uh, departments in the area of enforcement. Right. And so, um, I think, you know, the irony was, uh, pretty stark to, uh, those folks who are say cyclists, right. Um, that, uh, you know, they can't get enforcement of say, uh, Locked bike lanes on Demumbrian Hill, but that Public Works can turn out all mass and uh, round up all the scooters. Uh, so I, I certainly understand uh, the community uh, frustration. And I think that that was valid. But to Jeremy's point earlier, uh, I think there very much uh, is a legitimate safety concern, and um, I think uh, you know the administration was having conversations uh, with Bird. And, uh, you know, had indicated that they wanted to get a policy framework in place. Uh, So, you know, they in many cities have, you know, I think Santa Monica first, right, then San Francisco, Austin, other places. I think, uh, you know, there's that uh, urgency on their part to be first to market um, because in so many ways, right, when you refer to short term rentals, what do you call them? You call them Airbnbs, you know, Xerox machine. I mean, you know, kind of, you know, first to market, um, uh, you know. So Bird Scooters wants to be first to market. But, you know, you've seen in other cities where, uh, you know, a a company like, say, Lime, um, Lime does uh, dockless bikes and scooters. Um, I think they were speaking, I can't remember if it was in Austin, but, you know, they were in conversations uh, trying to work out a policy framework, you know, being a good actor, working with the city. um, And then Bird hit the street, you know, and then so lime hit the street you know they kind of walked away from the table so um it's 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 challenging i think there's patterns obviously but in any one particular city it's kind of different of who's talking first and how they're going to respond so um yeah but it was decidedly like wow okay okay metro all righty i mean i'm not necessarily opposed to it but it was somewhat ironic
2: it was impressive. Yes. Um. <laughs> You know, I can't speak to, you know, and that's you know something we can follow up with on with public works and the administration on about overtime and that kind of thing. But I, uh, cause I don't have any information on that. But I think there was, um, you know, it was an administration led effort to try to get them off the streets as uh, as fast as humanly possible, it seemed like um, at times. Um, but I think there was that fear um, because it's happened in other cities and because I know I've talked with a representative representative from you know for instance lime and they spoke to something you know similar that uh you know if bird operates here you know they're going to become they're not going to become you know hey let's get a Dockle scooter hey let's get a bird or let's get an uber or let's get an airbnb of going being the first to market and being that brand um and so is that you know have the free market reign and have companies come and try to figure it out and sort itself out but then you end up that we have thousands of scooters in the city before we can get our regulations in place. And then people are like, why didn't you do something? Well, it, then there's the you know, opposite end of it. Right. Um, it's
1: not a typical competition either, right? It's yeah. not two stores opening up next to each other, selling ice cream and based on their level of service <laughs> and the tastiness of their product, one will will out, you know, or will win. Um, this is a competition happening in public right of way, right. With safety implications.
2: I know um, there was a couple. There were let's see, three other companies besides Bird that had contacted me. I think there were six total that had 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 at some level contact with the administration, and all of them, I know particularly Lime, was waiting, willing to wait on you know the ordinance and get the regulations in place. Um, And I think you know there is uh, you know we do have certainly an enforcement issue in Nashville as far as. you know lanes being blocked bike lanes being blocked sidewalks being blocked um and it's hard to get to those spots but for bird i think it was easier to tackle one because it was one company you can say okay if you see a scooter you know it's bird you know we can go after you know and pick that one up i think i think mostly it just came down to i think the fear of being inundated with scooters and bicycles all over the city
1: But again, in the irony space, right, when we talk about public safety and the desire to, you know, put the man hours and time to picking up all those scooters, likewise, it's a safety issue, right, when our bike lanes are parked and cyclists have to go out into the roadway, you know, that's a safety issue, too. So um, I think it did sort of, you know, lay bare somewhat of that uh, priorities conversation around enforcement.
0: So can we talk a little bit about the specifics of the regulation and uh, Councilman Elrod, you're the chair of the Public Works Committee and are the lead sponsor and uh, drafter of this ordinance. And I guess as you get out the paperwork there, I know you want to have permits and regulations for safety and the parking of the scooters and data sharing and fees. But can we first start with what law was Bird
2: breaking? Um... I think it was just the operation of uh, imp- and impen- impeding the right of way. I know that one for sure. Now the rest of that, I think you'd have to talk to you know Metro Legal and the administration because I, um, I briefly looked at some of the you know the legal filings, but I think mostly it was that um, I would say two things. One, there was a legal argument that they were impeding the right of way, and being one company that would be impeding, you know, it'd be different if you know you have. Um, A thousand different cars or bicycles, you know, you can't go to each one of them and, and, you know, impound them. Those are a thousand different entities. But if there's one entity that's regularly um, blocking the right of way, there was also the political argument of, and really the policy question of, if Bird is here and they're operating, you know, going back to what we said before, if they're not waiting for the regulations to get in place, they're going to be inundated, and they're going to be a lot harder, you know, to put in proper regulations so that it's, you know, has that, you know, benefit to the city, to the riders, to the companies, um, to be able to put their product to market. So I, as far as the legal filings, and I, I stayed out of that; I wasn't a part of that. It was all done by uh, Metro Legal.
1: And I also think, you know, there's the fairness of having a framework because there are other scooter companies. There is Lime. There is. I can't remember. There's one other, Um, but uh, you know, if you have a framework uh, in place, then everybody's working by the same rules rather than just kind of uh, you know, it's basically like a right away grab. You know, it's like first to market, and here we are. So um, you know, I think uh, you know some of the interest is really probably
0: more a user grab.
1: Yeah, because the right right away
0: changes from minute to minute depending on where they are.
1: It it does, but I think what you'll probably find is you know there are going to be some distinct uh, patterns, and that's really one of the great things about it is from a data perspective, mm-hmm. um, where where do people want and need these um, or what you know what. I would assume some of our hills downtown, right? People are trying to get up the hill on Charlotte or on, on fifth. And, um, but given that, right, if that's a popular place to use them, then at the top of fifth Avenue or the top of the hill on Charlotte, there's going to be 10 scooters there. And so, you know, I, I did see some stuff, uh, online where people are like, look at this scooter blocking the right away. I'm like, it's not really blocking the right of way you know it's kind of it's parked nicely it's over to the side like let's not make a big deal out of something that's not a big deal but that said to jeremy's point it is legitimate because they they will cluster in areas there will become patterns and so a flock yeah a flock exactly (laughs) Uh that so um they are well named um so in that regard you've you've got to have some plan for that right like you have to say okay at key corners, a certain amount of space, you know, in the same way that you would say, you know, bike racks. And, you know, bike racks have to be permitted in the right-of-way if a business wants to put it out there. So, Sure.
2: Um, and I would probably just add, I, I know it frustrates people that were particularly really enjoyed them, riding them, and for visitors that liked them, the, hey, they want government to catch up. Um, but there were, it's, in one sense, yes, but it was also, there are other companies that were willing to work with Metro. Not just, hey, we're waiting for a so that, you know, you can make money off of us, but that, you know, they get the framework so that it's evenly distributed through the city. That it's not just, you know, clusters around, you know, downtown, around midtown. You know, the data sharing is there in place to see where are the hotspots? You know, where could there be better usage across the city? And, you know, while these are private companies, if they can work with Metro, um, you know, as they roll out and perhaps in the future, you know, have, you know, a dedicated parking space in the hot spots of, Hey, this is dockless parking or something like that. Or, you know, a, you know, if you have a very large sidewalk, you know, you have one small section of the sidewalk that's dedicated to just, you know, dockless parking, you know, a lot more of a, it's, a lot more of a i guess private public partnership instead of public private it's because you know the the private companies are putting in nearly all of the investment in it um and it, there could be some public investment as far as uh, giving some right away but you know that doesn't happen when you come to a city and just say hey you've got to deal with me that kind of thing happens when you work with the city leadership um and work with the departments on those regs on the, on the front end instead of you know after you come and try to be you know the brand
0: Sure. Can we talk about the specifics of your ordinance that you're bringing to council? What do you consider to be the most important elements of the regulation?
2: Um, I think, well, what's been getting attention the most is, um, at least from the operators, are, is you know the caps of how, and that's what I think has been really the... You're starting them out at 250 scooters for three months and then bumping it up
0: and eventually, they can run over a thousand, but they have to kind of start and prove that they're good
2: actors. I guess yes, and that's the you know that's the way it's drafted. Now there have been other cities that have hard caps of you know you only have so many companies in a city, and they can only have so many two hundred fifty or five hundred. They're more of a a more true pilot project, um, you know. But we also need to be mindful that if something is popular, we don't want you know, a regulation to be, to hamper it and, you know, put a cap on, you know, if a company, if, you know, bird has, you know, 200 or, you know, Lime or Riot or the others have 250 dockless vehicles, you know, operating two, three, four times a day within a month or two, well, you don't need to wait, you know, three months to bump it up to 500 to, and this is, I think, where the partnership comes in of, you know, the city, you know, allowing those caps to go up more, you know, more quickly or, you know, to be able to look at that data. And I think that's where the, you know, the data sharing, you know, comes into play where the companies can prove it and Metro can look at, okay, you, you do have more, you know, usage, but where is it at? And, you know, do we need to help you with infrastructure or do we, you know, there's maybe other parts of town that could, that could benefit from it if you would go to those other places of town where, you know, something that I'm interested in is that first mile, last mile for transit Um, that if, you know, if you get off at a stop, you don't have very good sidewalk access from, you know, your, corridor stop to your house perhaps you could use a scooter and leave it at the corner of a street or something like that um so i think that's that's getting those attention but there's a lot of other things but i think it's more just setting up the framework so that the city and uh, and companies can work in tandem you know to the benefit of you know nashville citizens and not just for the companies
1: yeah and i think you know there's definitely merit in looking at the whole dockless space so dockless bikes, as well as uh, dockless scooters at the same time. Because, uh, you know, there's also uh, merit in having that competition uh, in the market. So if you look like at our our B-cycle system we have in Nashville now – there's only 360 B cycles like in all of Nashville, um, and uh, when I realized that a few weeks ago, I was like, seriously, that's all there are. <laughs> and um, you know, just comparatively, uh, those bikes to other styles. Like I've I've been one to say that you know I'm very glad we have the B cycles here. I think they serve an important purpose, and having the the docked bikes is good. I think especially in a tourist economy, like you know they are in these particular places, and you can kind of plan. Oh, I'm going to the riverfront. I'm going here. i'm Going there, so I think all you know the the docked stuff with the dockless can all coexist. But you know, if you go to New York and uh, you ride a city bike, like that is a much more delightful experience. It's a more nimble bike, Um, you know. So the fact that you know Metro was all in for. B cycle in particular, and that same style of bike, and you know, a dock station is something like forty two thousand dollars. So for us as council members to get community partners to work and fund that stationary, I mean, that has been a very slow rollout, right? And it just doesn't work everywhere. Um, meanwhile, in the vicinity of Vanderbilt, Ofo has come in yep. and they've done a dockless pilot, and it 100 is one hundred bikes. It is. Awesome. You know, I mean, everybody is speaking very well of it. um, And it really does sort of show, I think, in so many ways, the latent demand um, for people having other mobility options. I just think, uh, you know, having a framework that provides um, kind of guidelines um, for a variety of companies. And then to Jeremy's point, being intentional about saying, okay, well, OFO, if you want to pilot here, or, you know, not being overly constraining, but being, you know, strategic.
2: Your question was about you know what are some important parts, but I think overall as a city, there's probably I guess you know probably the the biggest issue about usage is where. To ride scooters, bicycles, and e-bikes, and you know, this is a conversation. Even without these dockless vehicles, we have as a city, you know, where do you ride your bicycle at? Um, and the same thing with a scooter, or uh, not? And it, well, I say not even the same thing with a scooter. Scooters are a little bit different because you know, for a scooter that's going, you know, down the street, if it's going down, you know, West End or you know Third Avenue or something, it's a somewhat of a narrow street. The traffic is slow, and a scooter goes fifteen, twenty miles an hour. Okay, that fits on a street, but if you go down. You know, it's parts of Nolansville Road or Old Hercule Boulevard where it's five lanes across and, you know, the speed limit may be 45, but people can easily do 60 63 parts of it. You know, do you, we want scooters operating on the roads and we, I think we're trying to figure out is we, you know, we want to encourage uses, but it's the same thing with helmets and I think... We, you know, Angie and i 've talked about this before. You know we want riders to be safe and but you know if you require a helmet for every time you get on a Douglas vehicle that's going to greatly discourage their usage. Right. Um, but I know in talking with Bird, something that they we 're going to be doing is you know with their frequent flyers you know their regular customers that are here in Nashville. Um, if you sign up, I think you're going to get a helmet for free in the mail. You know, it's, you know, it's hard to, you know, put a helmet on a dockless bicycle or a dockless Love scooter. Love that venture
1: capital money. Um, <laughs> <Or yes>. Just <laughs> um, give those helmets away. Yeah,
2: uh, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, but, you know, to, to require, you know, somebody that's visiting Nashville for CMA Fest to find a helmet, you know, then you're discouraging them from using it. So we've got to find, you know, that balance uh, as a city as much as we can.
1: Well, I think too, I mean, you know, you think, okay, well, there's a safety challenge of the scooter being in the roadway. Um, but you know, it's the same challenge any day for somebody on a bike. Um, and, uh, you know, so I think then that is sometimes why you see kind of the cycling community again. Oh, the irony, you know, like, uh, wish somebody cared as much about me with my, you know, old bike that I've had for 10, 15, 20 years. Um, and you know, by state law, a bike is a vehicle yes. um, and has just as much uh, right to the road um, as any other uh, and as any other vehicle does so if there's not uh, the infrastructure there or the separated infrastructure, um, a bike uh, can take the lane so then the conversation becomes well then why can't the scooter take the lane and
2: right. I think uh, just real quick I think you know it speaks to the larger point that we have to have as a city of uh, transitioning from as a city of we get everywhere by car you know where the 15 minutes we used to be the 15 minutes you didn't get anywhere anywhere in 15 minutes well that's longer now and so you know one of the reasons i supported the transit you know initiative and one of the reasons i support this is we need more options to be able to get around the city um and you know whether it's sidewalks bikes scooters transit whatever um and not just you know cars but we also had to change our mindset as a city to be more accepting of those, you know, accepting of the side of the uh, you know bicycle that's on, you know, sharing the lane with you or in the lane ahead, and not trying to get frustrated that you know you're it's you know two lanes in each direction with the turning lane, you're in the far right hand lane and there's a bicycle going too slow, you can't just get frustrated and just weave around them in the other lane and then you know cause an accident. You know, we need we can you know write sta- you know regulations all we want to, but as a city, we have to be more accepting of those other modes of transportation um, as we go forward and as traffic keeps getting worse. When we talk about the mobility options,
0: it seemed like the scooters drew a lot of criticism. Where I'm not sure they would have drawn that criticism if they'd been bikes. In a lot of ways that we've talked about, the scooters aren't that much different from bikes. The wheels are, are smaller, but they go about 15 or 20 miles an hour with one person on them. Um, and, and again, the the OFO story at Vanderbilt, they soon they seem to have had great success. If instead of the bird scooters, we'd woken up to basically being Amsterdam with people biking <laughs> everywhere, do you think people would have been so up, up in arms? And does this just not fit our preconceived notions of what kind of non-car transportation should look like?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I saw a little bit of that too, where I was surprised. I mean, there are many people, uh, you know, who are, are cyclists and advocate for sidewalks that are, you know, think that the the scooters are great. Sure, um, uh, but uh, it really does kind of run the gamut, frankly, on people's uh, response to it. I think. Um, I think some of what you see there again is sort of that tension of um, feeling like, hey, you know, I've been here on my bike, <laughs> you know, for uh, years and years and years. You mm-hmm. know, not um, having, uh, you know, the the infrastructure and so forth that I need and so um, you know the fact that uh, the You know, the scooters are here. And then on the other side, right, like you'd think people who are into multimodal options and transit and otherwise wouldn't wouldn't begrudge the fact that they're they're here. Um, So, uh, yeah, you know, like the same folks that think last mile, first mile with Uber and Lyft are awesome. Somehow maybe didn't think that last mile, first mile with a scooter was awesome. But, you know, I think people just come at things with their – Uh, their own kind of preconceived notions. And I didn't see any particular pattern in it. Like I just, it really did run the gamut. Just some people who I thought like, oh, that they would be for it. They were kind of like against the scooters. I'm like, but why, you know, so.
0: I think it's because tourists were on them, and they look—they look like they were having too much fun. <laughs> you know, they just—I haven't tried out a bird scooter, but they just look more fun than than biking.
1: It's like they're a mini pedal tavern.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Um, Hopefully, people aren't drinking. Yeah.
2: Well, I, I think I think it's kind of was a fitting, you know. S- into the bird's temporary, you know, when they right before they s- ceased operations was the, you know, the gentleman that was pulled over on Ellington Parkway with the, on a scooter with a case with a case of Budweiser on the back. I mean, that <laughs> oh is gosh, like, I, I mean, that. that's. I mean, Bird and bud. I mean, I guess that's like a modern day version of, you know, George Jones, you know, going to the store to get, you know, liquor on his lawnmower <laughs> that that in 2018, it's, I'll just assume it's a millennial, you know, going to this, you know, going, you know, to his house in East Nashville, um, you know, with a pack of Budweiser on the back. So, but I guess if it was a millennial, it would have been a craft beer or something, but, not, but I drink all beer. So it's that's, that's not necessarily about plenty, but anyway, <laughs> it's not, I digress. I want, I want to ask a follow up.
0: Yeah. Uh, So in terms of disruptive companies coming to Nashville, Airbnb certainly comes to mind, and Bird has been mentioned a lot in that context. What is the connection there, and what have you learned from the Airbnb story in Nashville?
1: So I'll answer that since I was, and I'll go first, I guess I'll say, Um, uh, since I was very much engaged in the uh, the short-term rental Uh, legislation and that conversation. So um, the council prior uh, to Jeremy and I coming on council first engaged uh, with uh, that, that space, short term rentals and the implications there. Um, And, uh, you know, I don't know, we were somewhat having to kind of respond to what the previous council had chosen to do. Um, But, you know, Airbnb, as a disruptor, it was very much their business model um, you know, that cities really didn't have regulations for this. Um, they, they were a new um, concept. And so, uh, you know, they just want to, in the same way that we we're talking about bird, just get, get the market share, right, you know, get, get their foot in the door. And also, I think somewhat, you know, control the narrative. Um, but, you know, Airbnb had the opportunity once we had permits, um, and we had a system in place, Um, it would be very easy, right, when you go online to register to have kind of the pop up that says, hey, we see you're in Nashville, did you know you need a permit?
2: They didn't, Mm -hmm. they
1: didn't do that, right? And in my view, that that straight up makes you a bad actor, right? Because again, they're just trying to gain market share, like they didn't want people to know that there were permits, (laughs) they didn't care, they were just trying to, you know, ramp up as fast as they could. They're busy up there, you know, at the state legislature, um, you know, controlling the narrative and, you know, they're a billion dollar company. So, um, that really was, um, you know, in, in the end, I think we, we settled out, um, Uh, in in a pretty good place comparatively, like Boston just passed some regulations yesterday, day before. Um, And I think, uh, you know, we did a fairly good job comparatively. Ours is really even less restrictive. But yeah, just that challenge of legislating for new and emerging business models um, with potentially not saying that's happening in the scooter space. But, you know, I think Airbnb's legit, you know, just a a bad actor, you know, they, they did not have any interest and, um, in working with the city. Um, and only when we started becoming more restrictive, did they kind of pull the mea culpa, um, and, you know, try to, uh, really not try that hard to, you know, kind of come, come back. Uh, and
0: and so is the lesson there for, Council and Metro to act more quickly on the front end and try to get ahead of this. is that what you guys have tried to do?
1: you know i'm I'm not sure if that is indeed the lesson I mean it's it I think in some ways Nashville almost <laughs> suffered from the fact that we were early. Um, on our our regs a little bit. On
2: the short-term rental? On the short-term rental. Um,
1: And uh, because of the narrative that was out there and people that kind of got on board with it, like say, you know, the Beacon Center and, um, you know, they really dialed up the narrative of, you know, big bad government. These are just, you know, folks trying to make ends meet and how dare you and kind of got that going up at the state and that got all ginned up. And, you know, there's preemptive legislation. Um, So it's kind of sometimes just a damned if you do damned if you don't, you know, so, you know, kudos, I guess, to the council for seeing um, an impending challenge and trying to legislate as best they could for it. And that's kind of the thing. It's like if you're out of the box early, but you're working with bad actors, it doesn't necessarily behoove you. So it really is kind of a mixed space, you know, in retrospect, I don't know if the lesson is uh, start early. Um, I think here, um, I appreciate that that Councilman Elrod is um uh looking at it as as early as possible and looking at it comprehensively.
2: And I would just add, I think for me the lesson is is to act early and to be more stringent at the beginning and then lessen up as you as the city works with the companies. Um I mean I know there are people in the administration that were, you know, looking at this, they've been looking at this for months and all of a sudden Byrd came in and you know, I, I don't like I don't think many liked how they came in. Um, and if they hadn't continued operating, you know, without willing to wait on the regs, they were going to be a bad actor in my eyes. So I'm glad that they came off the street so they can work with us. But it, for me, it was a lesson for, because of Airbnb and then Uber and Lyft before that of the come into a city, bully the city. Hey, we were here. You have to deal with us and you're going to deal with us on our terms. Instead, it should be, you know, we're here. We're coming to you as and it's not just like it's a small startup company in, you know, a window front on, you know, in a strip mall somewhere. These are million dollar companies with multimillion dollar and, you know, venture capitalists that investors um where they can offer those helmets for free and do those kind of things because they have the money and cash to burn because they want to come into a market. So this isn't some mom and pop startup. This is a multi-million dollar company. But you know they they you know no matter the size we want them to be able to offer their service, but you know they are using the public right-of-way. Like they're not you know Airbnb I think certainly we got at, I think Angie made a good point. We tried to get ahead of it. And, but we didn't get ahead of it in the right way. Um, but it's hard to do that as a city because you don't, that was one of the first, you know, kind of venture capital, you know, startup disruptors. But now I think at least for me personally, you know, maybe I think it's seeing with us, with the dockless vehicles and other cities, other cities have learned that lesson of, you know, do small pilots at the beginning or put strict, you know, re, you know, put strict you know regs in place at the beginning and work with them as they roll out instead of, Hey, just come in and then we'll figure it out as we go. It's, you know, you're, you're a venture capitalist company, that venture capital company startup that is worried about your bottom line and trying to get back your investment. And that's fine, but it's our right of way that you're using to do it, whether it's, you know, operating scooters improperly on our streets, you know, clogging up our sidewalks with, you know, you know, dead birds or whatever, however you want to put it, um, that we need, you know, work with us. And you can have your business and offer your service and our citizens have the benefit of a new option or new service and you know everybody wins if we work together instead of being in an adversarial role
1: right and i think airbnb took just really an overt adversarial position like they were never a work with the cities kind of a thing
0: as you move forward with this ordinance what do you think the potential stumbling blocks are and specifically with the data sharing are there other companies that share that level of data? I mean, I think about Uber and Lyft probably wouldn't be down to share ridership data and point-to-point data and the sort of data that, that you're lugging to for uh, Lime and, and for Bird and other scooter companies to share.
2: Do you see that as an issue? Um, I don't think so. I think for a couple a couple reasons. One is in my Talk so far with the dockless companies, they haven't mentioned that to me. Their main concern is about, you know, the caps of being able to, you know, ramp up their operations as they become more successful and used more often. But also I think this was used from, um, or this part was modeled after I think a Chicago ordinance um, similar, or maybe another city, I can't remember. Um, But I think this is patterned after what other cities are doing. And I think because they are using the right of way, you know, Uber and Lyft, you know, it would be good to have their data for traffic congestion, that kind they of thing. They have more bargaining power. Uh, but, you know, but for a, you know, a scooter or a bicycle, they're using the right-of-way a lot more. You know, you've got to park that scooter or that bike somewhere. or You're going to be using it, you know, perhaps on the sidewalk, whether legally or so illegally. So it's more of a
0: partnership, and we can actually do something productive with that data.
2: And I think it's, you know, something that I'm mindful of is to not just have these clustered around, you know, Areas like downtown Broadway, um, but try to get them in all parts of the city, so it's not just you know in the gentrified areas of Nashville or the tourist areas of Nashville, but those areas that have you know high concentrations of poverty, so those everybody has the opportunity of a low cost option to get around to the, get around the city to have that last mile connection you know, that to me is important to not just have it in, you know, the popular tourist or, you know, dense areas with, you know, higher income or, you know, high traffic counts, but to make it more equitable, you know, across the city. And there's, you know, language in there uh, about, you know, if you have a certain level of operations, a certain number of vehicles and in Nashville, you have to operate and, you know, have a certain percentage in the Nashville promise zones, you know, and so uh, me personally, that's something that I'm, concerned about and because that's why you know i supported transit i support you know building sidewalks bike lanes all those kind of things Just so you know i don't just don't want scooters to be operated around cma fest or downtown or midtown or germantown around you know you know sound state i want them to be used in a lot of parts of nashville it'd be great if someone in your district could take a bird to go to the zoo yes that would be great yes awesome
1: Um, You know, I think Uber is now right. They were kind of holding out on that data. But I was I was looking back here, had my phone um, because I thought I remembered reading something about them. So they're now sharing data with D.C. um, And I have read some articles about I think it's good that they're doing that. Right. Because to Jeremy's point, it is in the public right away and it helps us as a city. uh, You know, Uber in particular, you know, a lot of the things uh, keep bringing up those Demumbrian bike lanes, but by blocking those bike lanes are Lyfts and Ubers dropping off at the bars. Right. And so, you know, where are Lyft and Uber doing the majority of drop-offs and what does that mean for us from a curb management standpoint as a city, right? Then you can identify a particular Uber Lyft drop-off point, paint out that curb, you know, yes. work and make that safer. So um, that, you know, that behooves Uber and or Lyft and it, you know, and I think Lyft has had a better, um, kind of data sharing relationship with cities. And I think that is somehow how they've kind of uh, positioned themselves a little bit um, differently. And I think Uber has realized, like, okay, you know, it might be better to kind of come around on that. But I think, you know, what's interesting, you know, I, I think maybe one of the reasons that they did not maybe want to share their data, <laughs> was that in doing so, it's been shown that, you know, ride doesn't really reduce traffic it kind of contributes to it especially in kind of hub areas um, you know where they're circulating um, for rides
0: so in terms of the future of the legislation here and when we can expect birds and limes and whatever else are these scooter companies back on the streets and on the sidewalks and in the bike lanes and in the right-of-way What's the time frame of that? I know your bill is coming up before council. Can you give us a look ahead? When can we expect them? And are you
2: confident? Are there any stumbling blocks in terms of getting votes? Still putting the legislation together, talking with the administration, companies, you know, other stakeholders in Nashville like Walk, Bike. Um, a timeline is my hope is to get it passed on third reading but on, at the second meeting in July. And for, you know, a co- what could be a complicated issue, that's a very accelerated time frame because, mm-hmm. you know... Luckily, you know, Metro have been doing some work already and some other cities have been working on this, you know, but it's still a very new area. So we I want to put something together as fast as possible, but still be, you know, very forthright and purposeful on, on how we do it to make sure that we accomplish the the policy goals that we that we've talked about. But, you know, bird ceased operations, you know, I want to personally I hope that we see these options as fat on the streets as fast as possible. So, um, you know, the, getting to a little bit of, you know, the procedural stuff is, you know, our second reading is up, um, you know, this our second meeting in in June, which is next week. And, uh, you know, have a substitute, basically a rewritten ordinance so that everyone can comment on it, the administration, you know, companies, stakeholders, the public, you know, this is what, you know, this was my second draft the ordinance was the first draft this is the second draft um defer second reading until that first meeting in july because you know we are going to have this is you know budget month so this isn't the time to belabor you know go through you know this you know we need to concentrate on the budget this month not just we as a council but the administration metro legal all those kind of things have also talked about that um but then pass it on second reading the first meeting july july 3rd and you know, as you know, on second reading is where the, pretty much bills or excuse me, ordinances get amended, and then hopefully pass it on third reading in the middle of July and I'm hoping i don't I don't know how long it'll take metro to ramp up and to be able to you know take in um permits and all that kind of thing um but an idea I had is you know set operations they can start on August one or August fifteen or whatever like a date certain and have you know documents. cage the birds yeah well and uh, <laughs> And not even just birds, like have a dockless vehicle day of, you know, anybody wants to come to Nashville, get permit, get everything lined up. And then everybody's going to launch on the same day and we can have a really big event for Nashville of, it's not just birds, it's you know, it's scooters, bikes, you know, e-bikes, you know, whatever it is. And even have B-cycle there of guys, we're, you know, Nashville, we're changing. We need to have more options. Here's, you know two three half a dozen dozen however many it is dockless vehicle companies this is what we're changing to as an option that that people can have so let's have a big lunch day not just have it one at a time but have one big event i mean that's just an idea that i had but i'm hoping to you know we can pass it as soon as possible hopefully mid-july beginning of august at the latest
0: well that's all the questions that i have uh thanks so much for coming on the podcast really appreciate it thank you thank you